Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I welcome back returning guest, Kareem Black. In this episode, we talked to Kareem about his experience with the Applebee's restaurant. Um, it's a podcast me and him have been talking about doing for a while. This is kind of some interesting stories and his experience with the franchise. Um, a little different, um, but I think you guys will enjoy it. And we also get into some of photography stuff, uh, kind of looking back on 2019 uh, projects that Kareem worked on, as well as what he's looking forward to working on in 2020. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, Cream Black, we're here. Long anticipated the Applebee's podcast. Um, <laughs> heavily requested. Um, been looking forward to this, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for thank you for having me back. I'm I'm glad that we could talk about a couple things today. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Always a pleasure talking to you. You're you're going to be the last episode of uh, 2019. Very so nice. excited to talk about everything you've been working on. And uh, you're actually first third time guest, man. You're the first. Th- oh yeah, that's right. Because we did one with with Salacuse and yeah. Chad Griffith. That's yeah, man. Right. So you're set. You're setting records here. Thank you. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, we've been always we've been talking for a few months about this. This like I don't even know how we got into it. I think you were posting on Instagram about um, you had never been to an Applebee's, but like growing up or something, uh, your yeah. friends had always talked about yeah. it. What was it about Applebee's? And uh, so we're gonna go. To, we're going to Applebee's later, right? Oh, we're we're, gonna, we're going. We're getting the quesadilla burger. Yeah, no, you showed me a picture or something. It looked real wild. It looked like about seventeen thousand calories. It's thirteen hundred, but who's counting? <laughs> um, yeah, no, Applebee's. So here's my here's my history with Applebee's. Um, it was, I feel like there probably were Applebee's in Philadelphia when I was growing up, but like I had just never been to one, and yeah. I had always sort of heard about them. Like I don't know if you remember, they were doing these crazy sort of uh, a lot of crazy promos with like you know celebrity like um, what's her name? She was a. a, a she was actually an apple anyway there were like celebrity cameos on a lot of the promos and i was like wow like what is this place and then i started to hear about applebee's in a lot of hip-hop yeah and that was like one thing then i had got then i got to college and there were a lot of people from the sva savannah campus that would always talk about applebee's because they were up at the new york campus oh there's a savannah there's a, georgia right yes yeah, in georgia yeah i didn't realize that svu had a campus down there yeah they have a i mean it's like a it's like a satellite but right. you know the main ones in new york but so a lot of those guys especially a guy great artist rodney white he would tell me about these wild stories that would go down to applebee's and in my head having never been to one like he was making out like applebee's was the club you know what i mean like he would tell me stories about legit like diamond deals going down at Applebee's like after like you go to Applebee's after the club yeah or after the strip club you go to Applebee's and then you might trade some diamonds for cash <laughs> like that's the stories that <laughs> I would be hearing about Applebee's and like in conjunction with like all the stuff that I was hearing like in hip hop and oh Wanda Sykes was the oh, comedian, comedian who was actually an apple in like some Applebee's commercials so in my head this was a place that you sort of had to like you'd you'd get dressed up to go to Applebee's really like you can't yeah you know what I mean like that was the spot to me like I didn't I was unaware that Applebee's was even open during the day yeah yeah it's it's I think that was it called the neighborhood grill I think that's what they call it it's like uh that's their tagline well that was the crazy I mean now that I'm that I have researched Applebee's it has sort of a uh, family-oriented thing, but there was actually, I don't know if it was an official thing, but there was like an Applebee's after dark. Wait, hold on. It was uh, Club Applebee's. Oh, really? Yeah, where like some Applebee's would actually turn into a club. Oh, like like you, they'd be open late night, like 2 a.m. or it'd something. It'd be open late night, but like they have like DJs and like you go there to meet girls. Like, I mean, the Damn. whole thing. You know, so like Applebee's in my head was like this. Yeah. And and so like for the longest time, like I was a grown man and I was like, I don't know if I could go to Applebee's. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what do I have to do to like, get into it? was like Studio 54. Or right. <laughs> it was it was on that, you know, so 
And then, like, and so now, obviously, I've learned, like, it's it's more of, like, an Olive Garden sort of thing. But in my head... Yeah, you built it, it up. It was, like... Yeah, it was built up over, like, a decade. Wow. You know, like, I'm hearing about diamond deals at the Applebee's. <laughs> you know what I mean? At 3 a.m. Uh, so, yeah. Did, did you ever go to the Savannah campus at all? No. No. I've never been to the SVA Savannah campus. But they would always they would always come to the main New York. To, and so, like, that's where a lot of the... And yeah. Applebee's... I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but it seemed like it was bigger down there in the South. Yeah. Like a lot of the hip hop I was hearing about Applebee, like it was like Southern. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's interesting, man. So once you finally went to Applebee's, which I think was just what in September or yeah. something that you went. So my first, so my first trip to Applebee's. Because <laughs> you put it on Instagram and I loved it, man. And we were talking before this, this uh, started your Instagram feed. I really appreciate it because it's just like, you kind of just throw stuff out there. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes it doesn't even make any sense probably to most people because it's just like what's going through your yeah, mind. No, it's, yeah, it is. It's sort of, you know, I, I try not to get, to have it be too abstract. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Applebee's thing, it was like a legit, I mean, I don't want to say life accomplishment, but it was definitely like something <laughs> that I really wanted to do to go to Applebee's. So really great photographer uh, who I had connected with on Instagram, Amy Lombard, who's doing really amazing stuff right now. Yeah, I guess she reached out to me, or I reached out to her, I forget, and she took me to Applebee's in Queens. And it was, you know... And you guys had never met before. We had never met before, only over, over Instagram. Nice. And I think that there's some, like... Uh, you know, I like a lot of stuff that she's doing. Like, it's in totally, like... Uh, in the same world as what I was doing, feels good. Let's go. So we kind of just bonded on that, and we went to the Applebee's. And you know what? I think that honestly, I think that we might have done it wrong because we went during the day. Yeah. And so, it, like, I was like I said, I was unaware that Applebee's was even open during the day. Yeah. You know, but well, this is you know this is when we were gonna go. Yep. Um. And, you know, there were no diamond deals happening. There was no, like, sort of, like... Were you, were you looking for some diamonds? <laughs> no, it was just, like, I thought... You wanted the full experience. Like, in my head, yeah, it was going to be, like, celebrities, like, a bunch of... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there might be some strippers. Like, I don't know. But there was... And it was just, like, a... Um, it was like an Olive Garden. Oh, yeah. And it was cool. Like, and the food was... It was fine. You know, the drinks were a little weird, but, like... You know, I wasn't going to Applebee's to have something I had before. Yep. Um, uh, I do need to go back. I'm happy that we're going. Yeah. I'm happy that we're going. Um, and because I think that you should do, you should try it first time, like get used to it and then like, okay, yeah. like really go. So I'm excited for what's about to happen. Yeah, man. They even have, I think they got like half price appetizers on certain days. That's like what they're known for. Not sure. Probably not on Saturdays, but other days, but yeah, you know, for me, Applebee's, growing up, I kind of had a memory myself. Uh, growing up in the neighborhood, me and my, uh, we were probably like, I don't know, 12, 11, young. Kids in my neighborhood, we would, in the summers, we'd do like a car wash. We'd sell like lemonade and shit, and we'd all pool our money, and we'd go to Applebee's. Yeah. And it was this one day. Yeah. It was just like, we're like kids, like going to the restaurant without your parents for the first time. It's like, so for me... I got memories of Applebee's too, man. It's just really the neighborhood spot. I heard, I heard that they, I heard that they got into trouble for serving liquor to to kids at Applebee's, like legit, like oh damn, thirteen year olds. Yeah, man, it happens. It happens, man. Right. It, uh, but uh, how how was the first experience, man? Was it what? Do you remember what you ordered? How? Was uh, I do not remember what i ordered i mean like i'd have to look at the menu i could tell you but i mean it was definitely like some like chicken there was like shrimp involved um <laughs> i do remember there being a lot of a lot yeah they give you a lot of food it, you know what i mean yep. like it was sort of i don't know if i was able to finish <laughs> the meal i do remember the portions were like no disrespect to anybody but like midwest portions like yeah. not new york portions you know what i mean yeah man. like it was a lot of food <laughs> yeah man um hardy yeah and i and i remember uh the service and again this is applebee's and queens i don't know like if it's consistent but the service was really sort of like homey like they left you alone um yeah, I would. I just I want to go to the Applebee's. Like literally, I do want to go to Applebee's. I want to go to Applebee's in the South. Yeah, I want to go to Applebee's after midnight. Yeah, 
We'll get it done. Like that's sort of that's that's. I want to see if that's real. Hey man, it could be a new photo project, dude. I mean, <laughs> you know what? Like it, it legit could be. Like I'm not sure if you're joking. Like, but it that could legit could, yeah, be. It could be. You could photograph the workers. You could photograph the 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 people that go there. Yeah, no, the it food. seemed like a whole culture to me. Oh yeah, where it's like literally like Applebee's. It's not someplace that you would just oh my god well maybe we should just go to applebee's it was part of the plan like you would go to the club like pregame go to the club and then you probably go to applebee's like and meet people there yeah you know like that's what it seemed like to me in my head yeah so that's sort of where i just want to see that you know are are you kind of like i do you kind of like as a photographer like every time you like go have a new experience or something are you kind of in the back of your mind always kind of like Maybe this could be a project. Or are you you kind of look at the world that way? Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you, anything that sort of interests you, well, what I would say is this, like the lens of my life, it's, it, everything is through photography, sort of. Yeah. You know, like, so everything is on that scale. Like, what can this be through in my photography? Like, what can I do with this thing you know if there if there is something interesting how can i incorporate that into my photography so yes absolutely like any interesting experience like going to applebee's like literally going to applebee's after like midnight 1 a.m yeah that is a photo project like that's automatically a photo project you know like I, i'm gonna have my camera there you know we'll see we'll see if it's ongoing or not but yeah, yeah. let's see you know? yeah yeah because i don't know about you like I, I love having the little like side project away from my like commercial work or whatever and like right now i'm kind of in this space where i'm like trying to find the next one and i don't know what it is like i did like a little small shoot for myself like a month ago but it just didn't really have like the legs to have a longer term thing so that's always kind of a difficult thing at least for me is like because you can't force it you know you feel like that you, you kind of just kind of you, you can you can make work but you some it, it just takes you have to have patience sometimes at least i think for, yeah for those projects to come i mean i definitely think that having patience is super important you know i mean sometimes i was just looking through um i'm i'm, I'm working on a project right now uh where I am looking at a bunch of older work of mine. And there are photo projects that I started. There was one on roller derby girls that I saw. I mean, this is probably like 10 years ago. Excuse me. Where I'm like, to me, like that photo project never ended. Like it's just on hiatus for 10 years. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, like, let me figure out, let me find like where these people now, like where the new roller derby girls. So it's kind of like, a lot of the times it is sort of throwing stuff out there like, okay, well, let me try this for a weekend. And maybe you don't come back to that for 10 years, yeah. you know? But to me, like no photo projects ever ended really. Yeah. You know, like I just sort of, there, there was a project that I started on like, like Greco Roman wrestlers. I haven't worked on in like eight years or whatever. And it's not that the project didn't work. It's just, yeah, you get busy. Life like happens, thing. whatever. And like, I'd love to go back to that project. So I'm always trying to sort of, you know, those personal projects don't discount them because you're not doing it every sort of weekend or whatever, you know, like, I, or maybe, I mean, we're photographers, so it's like free will. So maybe you say, you know what, that absolutely didn't work. And yeah. okay, I'm going to end that, you know? Yeah. But like there are projects like from a decade ago where I'm like, in my head, it's still going. Or like, I, or I've had like projects where I shoot it, and in my mind, I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be great!" Like I had this project last year. There's like this in Boston. There's like this. I don't even know. It's not normal tennis. It's like some old style tennis where it's like in this weird, uh, small like building, and then you you don't just play over the net. There's like a wall, and people bounce it off the wall. I don't know oh, the cor- I don't know the correct term, but in my mind, I was like, "Oh, this is like really interesting." Yeah. And I went and shot it a couple of times, and it just it, in my mind it looked better than what my actual photos came yeah. out and maybe maybe it's just more i got to go back to it and just keep kind of punching at it but then i don't know i just walked away from it but like you said like who knows maybe another five years you know ago. what though like that that happened to me with the roller derby project yeah where it was like back then i was like i'm i'm not really that into it like it really looked more dynamic and more special in my head i come back to it 10 years later i'm like 
I'm really feeling this. And your skill set's different. Yeah. Whatever your photography interest is different now than it was back but then. But I'm also, I'm looking at the same pictures. Like, I'm looking at the same pictures I took 10 years ago. And the me of 10 years ago was like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't know yeah. if I like these pictures. And now I really like them. Yeah. You know? It is interesting. It's yeah, weird. You, you actually posted something on your Instagram, I don't, I mean, a few months ago or something. It was a photo shoot you had done with Leonardo DiCaprio mm. and Jamie Foxx. And it was just like you said, like you were going through your archive and you're like, Back then, this photo wasn't interesting because right. it was they weren't looking at the camera; they were just talking to themselves. And but then you were like, "This is interesting to me now." So right. It's, so that's kind of interesting yeah. how time can kind of change your perspective. It's so it, yeah. It's I mean to use your words, it's interesting. Like the I am I'm working on something where I am going through the archive, and it's kind of like, wow, okay. And then you start to see like other photos, like you said, where you didn't think that maybe it wasn't applicable to the job at the moment or you just didn't like the photo, but you, but it is interesting to you now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How, 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 how organized is the archive? <laughs> is it good? <laughs> Do you have a system? Um, the archive. So, okay. Cause I'm looking at a wall right now. Uh, cream sky about about probably got about, I don't know. I that's, mean, that's probably 50, got 50, 50, uh, hard drives, like the ruggeds. You got there. Yeah. There. So there is a system. Mm. more or less uh, there's i mean if you go back to the so i've been shooting i've been a professional photographer for 20 years wow so if you go back to before digital there's less of a system <laughs> like i was just i was just actually asked to find some photo that is definitely on negative and i'm like look i don't know if yeah. i'm gonna um, it might be under my mom's bed. Like, I mean, it's like the, so the negatives are less of a system, but there is a method to the madness with all those hard drives over there. And like, everything is definitely backed up and everything yeah. is cataloged. Um, uh, is it annoying to find something random from, Hell yeah. you know, 10 years ago? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I can definitely, there's a Find way it. to do it. Yes, there yeah. is a way to do it. And as you know, the longer you do this, I, I learned this lesson uh, pretty quick. Uh, your archive becomes like a, another stream of income because especially since you're shooting portraits, I'm sure you run into this all the time. You might have, it happened to me this year and I just fucked up, man. I shot someone like six years ago, um, like early on in my career before I was probably as organized as I am now. Um, and there were, was someone contacted me this year and they wanted to license the photo to use. And I think they were making like a film or something. Yeah. And it was a photo from six years ago and I just didn't have it. Yeah. And I, that was like 500 bucks. It's yeah. like, I didn't make, and it's just like, you learn those like growing pains, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, if you're, if you're shooting anything, but definitely like public figures, celebrities, politicians, there will be money in that. Not even celebrities. This lady was like a doctor from MIT. So it's just like, it's really like anybody pretty okay. much. Yeah. It's yeah. No, it definitely helps. I mean, that, I think that most of us, either photographers are like obsessive compulsive or like we're complete like messes, you mm -hmm. know? And I think that the minute that we see that there's some money being made and like where you can like be organized and shit, <laughs> yeah. then it makes you like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. let me... Yeah. figure out some system to this yeah it's a growing process for sure and i'm still learning every year i'm just kind of refining it and kind of figuring out how to improve it you know yeah um one thing i was excited to talk to you we didn't really talk about it uh, in the last interview we did um i know like myself i grew up skateboarding you did too um what was like skateboarding how did you kind of get into it because philadelphia um, cause where you were skating with like early nineties, mid nineties, yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. that was like a real heyday for skateboarding yeah. in, in Philadelphia. Like how do you kind of get into it? Um, how did I get into it? I don't, I don't remember how I got into skating, but, uh, in pretty short order, you know, we were down at, at Love Park, like, uh, which is JFK Plaza in Philly. It's not Love Park anymore. Yeah. Rest but, um, it's a real bummer. It's gone. Yeah. So so back, so we're talking about like 91, like the 90s, basically, yeah. like the entire 90s I was skating. And I started out skating down at Love Park, um, which was sort of like the East Coast mecca of skateboarding, where it's like San Francisco had like EMB, EMB yeah. uh, and then all of LA apparently was skatable. But, but Love Park was like the mecca of the East. Yeah. Um, and, you know, back then it was sort of only 
like white skaters really so and so it was me a couple guys from like my neighborhood north philly and a bunch of kids from west philly that would i mean everybody would meet at love park and one of those kids was stevie williams yeah that's where i met stevie williams uh and his crew the dgk well we were basically all so basically the DGK was Dirty Ghetto Kids. Yeah, it's his company now. That, really and that's successful. Stevie's company. But, and Stevie can tell you a story about it. I can. But there were, like I said, like skating was basically a white thing back then. Yeah. And we were these kids at Love Park and like all this sort of like affluent kids from like Ardmore and Jersey and like, you know, <laughs> Philly proper, like downtown Philly. They would call us Dirty Ghetto Kids. Yep. And like that was, you know, pejorative. And, um, but now DGK is Stevie's like multi-million dollar company, which is really fucking amazing to see, uh, what he's done with that. But yeah, I mean, so skating at love moved to New York, was still in love with skating. Skating is my first love. Um, got sponsored by a little skate shop called Swish, uh, that was down on St. Mark's, not there anymore. Oh, damn. And the same, basically the same time that I got sponsored skateboarding, I was really hardcore falling in love with photography. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's sort of, you know, the rest is sort of history. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and, but yeah, that's literally to this day, I've got, I have dreams about skateboarding. Like, yeah, once I, you're, once you're a skater, you're always a skater. Cause yeah. even like, like I'm like you, like I, yeah. I, I, from age like 11 to probably about 24, 25, I skated. That was all I did. But then it's like, like you said, like you kind of got to pick one avenue because there's yeah. only so many hours in a day, and like, right. I sure as shit wasn't going to be a pro skate. Yeah, no, I definitely. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, it's like, I don't th- like. I never even thought about being pro, really. Like, I just wanted to sort of be sponsored, and like, you know, um, and like go back to Philly with all my friends, and like, you know, do some tricks and shit. But yeah, when it became a uh, reality that I'm going to have to pay rent with something. <laughs> yeah. Then it was sort of like, all right, like I'm, I'm not going to be a pro skater, but it was interesting. Like just watching Stevie's story where it's like, we would actually get like, Stevie's probably like six feet now, but like, you know, and I'm five, six, but like back in the day, we we're both like super small yeah. and like, I would get mistaken for him all the time. You know, like people would be like, are you little Stevie? It's like, oh no. yeah, yeah. 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 They used to call him little Stevie. I forgot. Oh yeah. He yeah. yeah. He used to be little Stevie. Yeah. You know? Now he's just Steve Williams. But, um, yeah, that was those were amazing, amazing days, you know. And then uh, I've seen you've even photographed them like pretty recently. Well, that's that's the interesting thing. So me and Steve, we had been skate, we've been skating together at Love, uh, and we weren't super super close when we used to skate together. But he probably went pro around the same time that I went pro as a photographer. Yeah. So when the industry he was like an industry darling you know and like in skateboarding and sort of started to become like outside of skateboarding i think he was like you know doing philanthropic stuff and like you yeah. know he had like celeb friends or whatever i would i would imagine yeah. but i remember you know the fader hit me up and they were like yo you're from philly do you know stevie Williams?" I'm like yeah he's yeah. skateboard and so it's like so now he was a pro skater. I was a pro photographer and we had photographed, like I'd photographed him a bunch of, I photographed him for MTV and sort of based on the strength of like, Oh, used to be a skateboarder. Oh, you know, Stevie Williams kind of thing. And we would just run into each other all the time in a professional capacity, which, you know, he's a pro skateboarder. I'm a pro photographer. And it was just, um, I mean, it was so just beautiful to me, you know, like, wow. you're really doing that i'm really doing this this is crazy and we were legit just called dirty ghetto kids (laughs) but now you have a million dollar company off of it you know yeah it's inspiring you're shooting ad campaigns yeah yeah. mtv absolutely yeah Yeah, i mean i shot them for mtv yeah it's crazy yeah you know yeah that's really exciting yeah because it was like like i was gonna ask you because you've lived in new york for what over 20 years now Mm. Like growing up in Philly, like I like I was talking before, it's like, could you ever see yourself moving back there? Like, do you, uh, still, do you, do you still enjoy it? Or? I mean, I love Philly. Yeah. Like, I feel like wherever you grew up, like, always has to have a special place in your heart. Um, I did a, I said on Instagram the other day, like, Philly is my my mother. New York is my wife. Uh, <laughs> London is the mistress. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> L.A. is a village idiot. <laughs> 
<laughs> basically. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I could see when I'm when I'm older, I could definitely see retiring there. Like Philly, there are three cities that like have that place in my heart. Like Philly, uh, New Orleans, and Edinburgh, Scotland. They they all like sort of are doing their own thing, and they have like a ancient sort of quality to them, nice. and super chill. Um, when did you go to Scotland? I was in Scotland uh, maybe four years ago. I did a, I shot an ad campaign there for Sours. It's a liqueur. Wow. And I did, had an art show in Edinburgh based on actually some of the people that I met uh, on the ad campaign. So, yeah, I spent time. It's, it's super. Scotland's a, at least Edinburgh. I've never been to any other city in Scotland. But, like, Edinburgh is amazing. What do you enjoy about it? Edinburgh seems like. If you go to if you go to Edinburgh or if you go to New Orleans or if you go to Philly, I hope that everybody will see that through line where it's like there is a really old uh, they're their own towns, right? Mm-hmm. I do think that they all sort of well at least Edinburgh and Philly, they are the little sisters of like Philly's a little sister of New York, Edinburgh's probably a little sister of um, Glasgow, mm-hmm. and I think that in that way they're very independent. And very like, you know, we don't care about what everybody else is doing. We got our own culture here and just very satisfied with themselves and just like chill. Like people, if you're not bothering anybody, they won't bother you. Yeah. And they're kind of, you know, just slow towns until they're, but there are good parties. Like it is a city. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I find I find tremendous peace in like all those places. Yeah, so it's like you kind of like getting outside of New York sometimes and traveling because like looking at your website, you've been you've been some really like we we talked about it before. Like I think you went to like Sri Lanka. Yeah, you've been like all over the place. So it's it's, it's kind of important for you to kind of get out of get out of the. Yeah, I mean, I you know I love New York. Yeah, you know I can't fit, I can't picture myself living any other place other than New York right now, and probably for the foreseeable future as I am like yeah. uh, an active professional photographer. Like I love it and I have great friends here. I got a great place here, but you know, I mean, it is great. Yeah. At the end of, uh, you know, when you're just chilling out, like there's no better place than like, you know, Fairmount park in Philly or like, yep. um, there's some really beautiful places in new Orleans, right outside new Orleans or, you know, there's a place called King's, King's Mount, I'm gonna, I'm completely forgetting, in Edinburgh, which is absolutely amazing, where it's just like some chill shit, man. Yeah. You know? Nah, it's cool, man. And like you were mentioning London, what you're looking at your Instagram, I think you're out there shooting some stuff earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, what, what were you working on out there? And like you mentioned, like you really, you enjoy London. What a- yeah, no, London, London's absolutely amazing, just as a city, you know? It's, it's, I recognize a lot of what's going on in London from living in New York, like the the energy kind of thing. Um, as far as I'm shooting out there, I can't exactly talk about it right now. It's something. Um, Got it. It's something in the political space. Okay. I mean, there there is an NDA involved. Got it. uh, it's been something I've been working on for a couple of years, and hopefully we can show it in 2021. Oh shit! But uh, there it is in the political space and that's the space that I'm trying to like, um, shoot more of now because I'm really excited by politics. Um, I was working on a project over here for Bloomberg business week, which I think has now been dis- discontinued. Was that, so it's two separate projects, two separate projects. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw you were bumped around. Uh, you shot a bunch of like Camilla Harris, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Bernie, a bunch of the rallies and yeah. everything. So that was all for Bloomberg? That was for Bloomberg. So basically, um, the project for Bloomberg... Okay, so started off, uh, I felt really not awesome about myself when I did not uh, participate in some sort of... Excuse me. Sorry. I felt really not awesome about myself when I didn't sort of participate in the political process in uh, in 16, okay. you know, just in a, as a photographer. So, like, I wanted to get involved this time around. And so I, I uh, made contact with basically all the political outlets, Bloomberg, Axios, like, I mean, everybody and said like, Hey, I really want to shoot you know, portraits and, or anything in the political space for this 2020 race. And Bloomberg was the first person to respond. And they put me on an ongoing project of basically, 
shooting portraits and also the rallies of all of the 2020 field, which is actually super exciting. So, uh, I mean, we did just about everybody. Yeah, you, yeah Pete, uh, you did. Uh, we did. Yeah, we did a huge thing in Vegas with all the candidates. Then you know, Bernie, Elizabeth, Pete Buttigieg, um, Biden, yeah. Warren, everybody, uh, Kamala Harris. And where that is at right now, it's 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 sort of sad, is that and I may be misstating this a little bit, but the gist of it is uh, because Michael Bloomberg has, inter- has entered the presidential race, apparently he is not, his publication is not covering... Anybody else? Well, his, he, the, from what I understand, he has made a, a vow or made a promise for his publications to not cover him. Oh. And then... And and then in order to be fair, he's like, we're not going to cover anybody. Like, apparently, like, that's, there's, there's, I might be misstating a little bit, but Bloomberg, basically, the political arm of it, at least what I was working for, is is cutting back their political coverage significantly. Interesting. Um, because of some deal that was made like that, like, uh, Bloomberg said, hey, you can't cover me negatively. I guess uh, so we're not going to do any investigative reporting on anybody else kind of thing. Like I, uh, there might be some mistakes in what I'm saying, but yeah, that yeah. is the I, gist of what I've heard. I get you. Cause they, I guess they could misconstrue it one way or the other. Right. Yeah. He's what he's trying to do. It sounds like what he's trying to do is not put his thumb on the scale because he's, you know, not all these candidates have a giant magazine slash media conglomerate. Yeah. Right. And he's like, okay, cool. If I can't do that, then we're not going to do that to anybody. Right. Which means that me, Kareem Black, is not going to be doing continuing coverage of the Shit. political candidate. Yeah. So, yeah. And and I think that there might be other casualties yeah. in that whole thing where it's sort of, you know, the people at Bloomberg that are working like, okay, well, what are you doing if you were just covering, you know, the campaigns? So I'm not sure how far that reaches and what exactly it means. But what I do know is I think that the project that I was doing on with Bloomberg is on hiatus at the got moment. It. Yeah. Well, you got some good stuff out of yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was super exciting, man. Like I had never been to a political rally before. You isn't, know? isn't your dad like a, a political science? My dad's a, is, he's a retired professor of political science. He's got a PhD, right? Yeah. 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 He used to be a professor at uh, Antioch in Philadelphia. Wow. So I grew up with all that stuff in the house, you know, like NPR was always on at the house. I've always been super fascinated with that. And, and my whole family's always been super politically, um, I mean, that's what we talk about over Thanksgiving, you know, like how that that's go? the whole thing. Um, <laughs> is it good? I mean, no, it's, it's, it's cool because I think that most of my family is we're on the same side of most of the stuff. Got you know? it. Got it. Um, you know, but I think that most of my family is open to a good debate. That's so, good. you know, that happens too, you know, that's cool. Cause like before shooting that stuff for Bloomberg where you're covering all these rallies, like had you even had you photographed any politicians or anything kind of the political world here and there, yeah. but no, nothing consistent, no sort of a, a full like continuing project. So I've definitely done like portraits of a few politicians, but what I was trying to do was do more of it, especially now in this 2020 race, you know, because what like when you're shooting those campaigns, like what was your goal and what were kind of some of the challenges? Because I've never gone to one of those campaigns. More of this because I don't really like what well, the rallies, the rallies, yeah. yeah, the rallies. I'm not. I just don't like large crowds to begin with. Like I don't right. really like going to concerts. Just right. I, right, right, That's just kind of my thing. Uh, but they seem like a really uh, challenging thing to photograph because like you're there's just so much going on. Right. There's so many people, and y- you pr- you you don't get a lot of time. You, right. you got a couple portraits. I think you got a portrait of Bernie. Yeah, and but a lot of it was documentary. Yeah, no, it's definitely so. The the gist of what I was doing with Bloom, Bloomberg was it was a sort of run and gun documentary thing, and then there would be some portraits if we can get them. Yeah, uh, the rally environment was i mean to me it was really familiar because it felt like sort of party like the party environment you're kind of like true, true. you're kind of like ducking and dodging elbows and kind of and like for me like that energy is super interesting like who are the people who come out to the rallies the gist of the story was yes the politicians but also what they wanted to do was 
photograph some people at the rallies uh, and get their information and then come back to them months and months later and be like, hey, how do you feel about your predictions? Are you supporting somebody different now? So that was a whole nother part of what we were doing for Bloomberg. And for me, it was super, you know, it was, you know, that dynamic energy and catching those unscripted moments you know, was very feels good. Let's go. Was very like yeah. familiar to me, like that energy. Um, I thought that it was super interesting seeing how stage everything was. Like it is a show. A rally is a show. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like you know, as with anything staged, you know, there's some stage craft snafus that you see, and it's kind of like, damn, like that's weren't she weren't she the vice president? Like you can't really do that, you know. So. um yeah, no, I thought it was it was it was amazing though. I'd love to have that opportunity again. Yeah, like how does that work? Even this for like people listening, so like, is it like if you want to go photograph one of those rallies, is it like do you have to have a press pass? Mm. This like even this the logistical That's stuff. That's a really think, good question. I think people would be interested. That's a really good question. How does that work? So yeah, I mean, so obviously since I was going to these events oh, for Bloomberg, uh, yeah, under Bloomberg, yeah. like so all of those credentials are taken care of. The interesting part was. And so I cannot offer too much advice on how somebody would go about getting those credentials on their own as like an independent photographer because they were taken care of for me. Yeah. But the interesting thing that I found was um, at every rally was there are photographers there that are um, like not lifetime, but like veterans, like old grizzled vets, you know? Oh yeah. They're like sports photographers. They're like, they, it's like a real group. Yeah. And they all know each other and they all sort of, you know, they all got war stories. I was on the Carter campaign in 79 and da, da, da. And it's, it's so interesting to listen to these men and women and um, were they cool to you or is it? They were were actually really cool. They, I mean, I was obviously the new kid, which, yeah, yeah. which to me, like, that's something I haven't heard in a minute. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the new kid, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm like feeling my way around and, and they're telling me sort of, okay, so when this happens, when, you know, the doors open to the venue, we all have to go over here to this spot. Like, this is where we stand. And you have to, it's sort of mark out your territory where no other photographer is going to be. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, so we're not allowed to move from there. Like nah. they're like, well, no, trust me. Like that's where the shot's going to be. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay. Um, and from my point of view, my whole photography experience has led me away from that sort of way of thinking where it's like, all right, well, one, I'm going to be in the same place as a bunch of other photographers. So we're all going to get pretty much the same shot. Yeah. And the answer to that, that they gave me was like, well, this is the only place where we're allowed to be. But in my head, I'm sort of like, well, you know, Joe, let's say Joe Biden or whoever, they've got to have a press person I could talk to. Because I think that, I think the shots in the middle of all that, yeah. like, right. And, you know, the, the older photographers would be like, well, you don't want to be out there with all your equipment. It's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, that's where the energy is. Yeah. Right. And so like, that was super interesting to me where it's like the old grizzled vets, they had done that. They had it down to a system, yeah. you know? And I think that an advantage I had was like coming into it completely new where it's like, I didn't know it was impossible. I got in trouble a couple of times. You know what I mean? I'm not you know, supposed to be in a certain place. Hey, I'm sorry about that. But like, I thought we we're photographers, like in my head, if the shots over there, like I'm gonna find a way to be over there. Yeah. You want to wander and kind of, yeah. yeah, you're coming in from a different perspective. Right. I and guess. it's, and I'm coming from a different perspective. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I'm also, you know, since those guys and women had been on it for so long, they know, like, if they get kicked out of venue, they're going to be blackballed from that entire thing. Yeah. That's their... And so I don't blame them. It's a weird balance because... Right. Because you, you're walking into this area, you're, you're like, a, a guest in a sense, I guess. Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're... But you're an artist and you have your vision, but you have to, like, as you know, like, on photo shoots, like, you can't let your ego get to... Get to, you, right. get to you and you can't have an attitude and you have to find a, like a polite way to like navigate to like get what you want sure. it's like this balance right and you i mean i would much rather push and 
yeah, break yeah. a few rules Hell and yeah. then sort of like <laughs> ask for you know, forgiveness I give real later. Good, <laughs> I give a real good apology, man. I'm really good at that. <laughs> so like, you know, but then again, like my my livelihood is not based on that world. Like I was a visitor to that world. So it's like if I'm blackballed from that world, yeah. you know, like it's, it might hurt me in this 2020 race, but like I've got other stuff going on. And I feel like if you're a career yeah. photographer in that world, then you're going to be less likely to break yeah. rules in that world. You yeah, know? it's a different world because like when I follow like a lot of political guys on Instagram and you can see them like they might be for like the Washington Post or the AP and they like they all travel together. Yeah. They'll be on Air Force One yeah. together and it's very like they all know each other, yeah. very structured in how their day is. Absolutely. And uh, it's really interesting way to work because I'm not like a photojournalist per se like some of my stuff is but it's more stylized and uh, I, I, I got a lot of respect for those guys who this like cover one thing. Yeah. I've always had a lot of respect not even just politics but even like i have some friends like they've only really shot like professional skateboarding their whole career like someone like mike blayback well he's shooting other stuff too now but like to dedicate yourself for like 30 40 years of career and really sure. it's really interesting you know yeah no absolutely but i you know from my point of view and just just for me i do think that it it helps me to get out of that. So it doesn't become like a system. Yeah. Like, okay, well I've got a system for this particular kind of shoot, you know? And I think that benefits me and might benefit other people to sort of like take a step outside that comfort zone and, and see what happens. You know, you might fail miserably, but you might come up with some, something that, you know, is really exciting and, and helps maybe that other side of your career. And I think um, it's, it's good to have different perspectives on like po uh, politics or anything really. So it's, it's cool. But as you know, like getting access and is like, that's the hardest thing as photographer. It only gets harder year by year. Yeah. 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 Um, but what do you kind of take away from like uh, shooting some of those political uh, campaigns and rallies? Like, uh, d did your opinion change on politicians or politics kind of being around those environments or anything like that? Or? No, I mean, it made me realize that being a politician is probably really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. It, it looks really, really difficult. I mean, I think, and it looks like, so I was shooting Kamala, uh, I did, I think we were in Vegas for like three days following Kamala around. We did probably like eight events with Kamala. And I was with a writer. And the first event, Kamala gave like this speech. And I'm like, man, like that was really good. Like I turned to the writer. I'm like, that was really good. And he's like, she says the same thing every time. Yeah. And I'm like, so I went to the other seven things. And lo and behold, she said the same thing every time. Wow. Like literally the same like. They don't go off Pauses script. for laughs. Yeah. Like, same sort of like, hey, I'm telling a joke. Oh, my God, that's really funny. Now you, now she's laughing at the joke she just told. And she didn't even write the speech. Uh, possibly. Like, I don't know who wrote it. Yeah. But it's definitely like one of those things. Where yeah. it's, and this is not unique to combo. Like, this is what Everybody, they all do. Yeah. You know, because you can't be, you can't just have fresh material every time, you know. So I thought that that was, you know, that's got to be tiring. What I did find interesting was that most sort of we only did demo like i would have loved to have gone to a trump rally i just would just never had a chance to do it oh so you wouldn't be against uh, shooting one i wouldn't be against shooting it yeah no, no, no. i had to make it clear to uh bloomberg that i was down to do it because it. obviously i'm black and that that's you know um uh i but no i'd love to do it for uh for historical reasons for me as a photographer reason like as a as a in, into it like a inquisitive sort of artist like what is this like yeah yeah what is this like you know i'd love to do that but um but I, what i did find with most of the people that i uh, most of the rallies i shot which were democratic candidates was people were just like look you guys all figure it out amongst yourselves. Like as far as democratic candidates like i don't think that anyone really really we just want to be trump yeah like that's the that's the bottom line. Like it's like the finer details. I think universal health care, all this. I don't think that Democrats, most of the people I talked to and I saw interviewed, don't really care. Can we vote now? Yes. Like <laughs> I want to vote now. Yeah. You know, I think that that's really the consensus. No, too. no doubt. Was that? Yeah, it's wild. Did you photograph Andrew Yang at all? He's a, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, did I photograph Yang? I did. Yeah. 
I photo- I didn't get any time with Andrew Yang. It was that I photographed Andrew Yang in Vegas. Got it. Um, and the Vegas thing was basically all of the candidates trying to court a union out in Vegas. So they were all there. Got it. And I sort of, I, I think Yang's super interesting. Um, I want to know more about him. But yes, I don't think that I have any um, photographs that are go down in history as great photographs of Andrew Yang. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and, you know, we're sitting here, uh, like, end of 2019. Uh, it's only about, what, three, four more days. It's going to be a new year. Uh, I was kind of curious, like, kind of looking back on 2019, um, was it a good year for you photographically? Like, were you proud of the work you made? Um, I guess kind of, do, do you kind of, like, set goals for yourself at the beginning of the year yeah. or anything like that? Or? No, 2019 was... 2019 was good. I don't think that there's any way to put that. Like, I think the, the the numbers are good. I think that the work is my personal, my work is, um, I think I'm in something like an exploration period where I'm trying to figure out, I'm, I want to be really excited about something. And, and I think that the political thing is what I'm trying to do between uh, what was happening with Bloomberg. I just shot a job for, um, for HuffPo. Yeah. which is hopefully ongoing. We'll see what happens with that and the stuff that I'm doing in London. Um, I think that I'm trying to, I'm trying to find what feels good. Let's go was to me like feels feels good. Let's go is sort of is totally still happening. I'm shooting some for MGM grand in January, which is on that, on of that vibe. Nice. But um, a lot of this year was me sort of shooting, um, advertising and key art uh which i'm really proud of a lot of it was like on white which is super cool but i'm looking for uh you know me and matt and and uh me and matt salakis and chad we we call it crack (laughs) so I'm, i'm looking for that crack so it's not actual crack like the drug but it's like actually like something that turns you on in that way and i think that all artists probably go through this period where it's like, you know, you're doing stuff that you are excited about, but you're looking for something that you're really excited about. Mm. You're looking for that crack, you know? So, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully the politician thing will lead sort will lead toward that. Um, yeah, that's sort of where I am. But, but 2019 was, was a, was a great year, but I definitely think it was a year where I'm looking for that next hit. No, I hear a you, man. photographic crack, yeah, not a real crack. It never ends, man. It's like a, you always just got that hunger. It's just yeah. like trying, that's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to find that next one. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm like trying to figure it out. Yeah. That's kind of the interesting part. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and like kind of looking back at some of the shoots you did this year, is there one that kind of sticks out in mind uh, that, um, that was like most challenging or anything like that? Most challenging? Uh, I mean, I do think that the, the political stuff, because it was brand new. Yeah, it was new, yeah. It was brand new. You know, like, I shot a lot of a lot of fun stuff. I shot, a, a, you know, the the Jersey Shore spinoff, like the Paulie and Vinny stuff. And and um, I shot a, a couple things for Oxygen. And there's something for Oxygen that I probably shouldn't be talking about that might be happening in January. Which don't is, talk about Korean. <laughs> uh, actually, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know where that ND like got it, got it, got it. None of us read the NDAs, no, but no. like what I do know is I can't really. Yeah, no specifics. Um, but you got some stuff coming down the line. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's, twenty twenty looks like it's shaping up to be, at least the first bit of twenty twenty looks like it's going to be a really exciting year, and then I think it's going to be super intense going into uh, the election for basically everybody. I mean, like yeah. all of. America and the world are like it's gonna be wild trying to see what's happening next, here. next summer is gonna be a full court press man. yeah I mean it's gonna be you know it's gonna be stressful like I'm not a, I'm not a stress I've never been had stress or anxiety but like the whole political world right now the whole political genre is like give me a little stress and anxiety yeah no for sure man well that's exciting um excited to see what you kind of make in the new year um yeah you know, i also saw you this year in october you got to speak at the pdn booth at photo plus yeah uh, you did a really great job because like public speaking is like a hard thing to do um how, how is that experience is that is that like an enjoyable thing like talking about your work um, i guess we're doing it now but you know what's crazy so i've had a long relationship with pdn 
and I think that they've definitely been, I mean, it's, it's mostly been love, love, you know, like, and if there was any love, hate, it was kind of coming from me, not yeah, from you, them. You were a PDN 30. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was a PDN 30 before I was PDN 30 myself, Emily Scher, Matt Salakuse, and maybe Michael Schmeling did a, it was one year that we, none of us got into PDN 30 and we did like an anti PDN party, <laughs> like on the same night that they were doing their party. But like in the, I mean, this is early two thousands, but in the long run, PDN has been a really amazing partner to me. Just, they've given me a platform, a lot of it. And so this is not the, excuse me, this is not the first, yeah. um, thing you've done with photo that. expo that I've spoken out with them. The photo, the, the format of this photo expo was a little weird since it was like not in a, it was like a lounge. Yeah, it was kind of like a lounge. It was in the, it was in the public. I feel like you know, respect to PDN for trying some new things. I don't know if that's exactly the way. Oh yeah, they got rid of because they used to partner with like they used to have like down in the basement they'd have like different speakers. Right. But that, they got yeah. this year they got rid of it. The whole Photo Plus Expo has actually gotten quite a lot smaller than it really. Used to, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, they got rid of all those because they used to have like portfolio reviews and they, they stopped doing it. I guess. Uh, yeah. No, it was it was definitely a little bit different than I thought was going to be happening. So. You know, I'm I'm kind of speaking in this yeah, yeah, like, lounge area, and it's kind of like there's people, okay, there's people walking and I'm by. trying to figure out sort of what's happening. So it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Hopefully, people got something out of it. The other, the thing that I did realize about these speaking engagements, not just this one at PDN, was the further I get along in my career, the it might be a weakness, but the more sort of detached I am from a lot of the. Uh, how do I say this? The people who are coming to see me speak are probably coming to see me speak for things that I am not interested in speaking about. Where it's sort of like, and that's a weird way to put it. So for instance, what I was trying to do this year at PDN uh, was sort of like, you know, my brand and how I came up with my brand and uh, just being true to your brand and this sort of thing. And then a lot of the questions I got after I was done speaking was, well, how do you uh, do your promotion and how do you connect with clients, which is sort of like, uh, not like a beginner sort of thing, but it's like, okay, cool. Got it. Like I've been a professional photographer for 20 years. So there are certain things that I think I just know and I think are sort of boring and are just things that you do automatically, promotion and this sort of thing, which I don't think that a lot of people are, think that they think it's super interesting and they think that, and that's sort of the stage that they're at. And I think that that was a, not a regret, but something that I should have taken into. Um, and I will take into consideration when I speak in the future. It's like, I am speaking to people who have not been professional photographers for 20 years. Yeah. They're like, they're just getting started or they're just thinking about it. So it's like, yeah, kind of seeing that like progression because yeah, like you said, like you know the answer to these questions because you've been through it, but it's kind of right. putting yourself in the, their shoes. Right, no, absolutely. And I think that that's something I just have to, yeah. Um, but, I mean, overall, it was, it was a very, very pleasant experience. Yeah. Um, I hope that they go back to the old format. Yeah, <laughs> no, like no, 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 I definitely, yeah, downstairs was better because it was as quiet and not, yeah. not as many distractions. But, yeah, no, you did a good job. Thanks. And uh, another thing, uh, you and me have been talking a little bit like over the last few months with some of our other uh, friends and stuff. Um, I haven't really brought it up on the podcast before, but we were kind of talking about like diversity mm. within photography, the photo business. Um, I guess like, uh, like I'm, a, I'm a white guy, you're a black photographer. Um, so I guess we have probably different experiences. Um, do you feel like there's... Uh, enough diversity within photography is it something you've like thought about as a young photographer or even now kind of working working in this business um you know i mean i think it's an interesting question like is there enough diversity i feel like uh i don't know if diversity is something that you know can be sort of quantified where it's like okay well now we've hit hit the diversity true you know level that's optimal i you know what i do think is like uh, what I do think is that there was certainly not enough diversity leading up to certainly before this point. Yep. You know, there, there was that, I think that that is factual. I think that, um, 
I think it's important that more people are being invited to the table uh, to uh, to compete or invited into the Coliseum, let's say, to compete. I think that there is an inevitable sort of tension between more people being invited to the table and the people who are already at the table Mm -hmm. being fearful that their chair is being taken away from the table. But I feel like... I feel like that is not what I don't think that that's what's happening. Like, I feel like just because there are more table, there are more chairs being put at the table doesn't mean that there, uh, there are chairs being taken away. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's nervousness on for some people where there are now more people that are at this table. Mm-hmm. I, what I, I also think that photographers like at the core of it, freelance photographers, we are, um, we're, we're gladiators. So it's like, there's a table, there's a table, uh, feast, feast or famine. <laughs> there, there's a table metaphor and then there's a Coliseum metaphor. <laughs> so like photographers are gladiators. Yep. We are, you know, I, every day I compete with my best friends mm-hmm. for jobs. Definitely. Like I don't compete with my best friends for fun. I'm competing with them for jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get a job and they don't, I have taken some money out of my best friend's pockets. Yeah but that's just the nature of the beast. And I feel like if you're a photographer, you have to accept that. Right. But you can't accept that and then be like, Hey, I'm not going to compete with everyone. Like you have to compete with everyone, you know? Uh, So the, the, the issue is I think in the past was that everyone was not allowed to compete. And now everyone, hopefully we're moving toward a space where everyone is competing. And if you are a gladiator, then you'll compete with anybody. Mm. If you're a good photographer, the more, the merrier. Let's see who's at the, you know, let's see, you know, who's the best. And, but I do think that if you are a person who has benefited from not as many people being at the table, it may make you um, apprehensive about more people being invited to the table. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. So that's, I mean, is there enough diversity? I don't know. Like, I'm not, I can't do that. But I feel like everybody, everybody should be invited to the table. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure, man. It's good to have different perspectives. And And also, but I also will say this. I do think that there was an active, you know, like if you take a magazine like sort of Vogue or Rolling Stone, like Rolling Stone, both Rolling Stone and Vogue just last year hired their first black cover photographers. Yeah, Dana Scruggs. It, Dana Strauss, she did it for Rolling Stone, uh, for Rolling Stone, and then Vogue. It was a photographer that Beyonce basically f- made them hire to photograph her, and it's kind of like, all right, well, if Vogue is has been in operation for uh, like uh, over a hundred years, and there's been no black cover photographer, yeah, well, that leaves us with a couple options as to explain why. Maybe. For a hundred years, there was no black photographer that was good enough to shoot a cover for Vogue. I don't think that that's the case. Mm-hmm. I think that there were other forces acting here. And I think that, you know, I've, I spoke to somebody at Rolling Stone and they're like, that cannot be true. We've never had a black cover photographer. and But it was. Yeah. And I think that sometimes maybe it's just not acknowledged that or it's not thought of, you know, or, you know, there's certain circles that photographers usually roll in, which are usually of a certain um, demographic. Uh, And these are the people that are end up getting hired. So it's not like, I'm not prepared to say that it's a racist thing. I'm prepared to say that it's sort of like expand your circle. Yeah. There are good people. There are good black photographers There are good gay photographers, good female photographers or good trans photographers all these people need to have a, a space at the table. Yeah. I, and I'd say just invite them in. Cause like, t- like 20 years ago when you're first starting out, you're a young black photographer. Was it even like something you were thinking about a lot? Like, did you ever feel like it, it was like a, like a racist business or is it something you was even on top of your mind? I or? never felt, I never felt like it was a racist business. Like no one's ever done anything to be like overtly racist like called me names or something like that but i do think that you know especially in the first maybe three quarters of my career and even most of the time now i'm the only black person in the room yep like 
I'm the only black person on the conference call. I'm the only black person in the meeting. I'm the only black person on the shoot. I mean, like, and that's, you know, it is, it is, you do realize it, you know? Um, I do think that what I have felt is sort of, there have been jobs that I was super interested in doing. Like, for instance, I shot a stint for Sports Illustrated uh, where we're doing a ton of NASCAR stuff. And I was so excited to do it, yeah. you know? But I think that there were people, I probably didn't get hired for certain, let's say, NASCAR jobs because people just sort of didn't think that I would be into it. Yeah. And I do think that there are jobs that I might have gotten hired for, like, you know, maybe like a rapper where people were like, you know, hire the young black photographer. Like, you probably can relate to these people, which it's funny because it's sort of like, if you got to shoot a rapper, like, Hire Chad Griffith. Yeah. Like, hire Jonathan Mannion. Like, they probably know more about hip-hop than me. Yeah, they don't know what music you're listening you to. They're, they're just the pres- uh, presumptions. And right. Stuff. Yeah. And then, so, like, is that is that racism? Probably not, but it is a, pre- it is a presumption. Yeah. And it's kind of like, look, man, like, you know, uh, I, and I think that I have, I have experienced that. Yeah. You know, where it's like, I definitely think that I have gotten jobs because it's sort of like there's a he can probably relate to this black talent. Yeah. And it's sort of like, well, you don't know me like that. Like yeah, you don't you, know if I can. Like yeah, you, you don't, don't know if I would get along better with like Jimmy Johnson's, like the number forty eight car in NASCAR. Yeah. Like you don't know that. No. So I do think that there are presumptions like that. Yeah, it's just like stereotypes and stuff like that. Because like you're I was talking to you before this uh on your on your Instagram, you posted like uh, like a couple of years ago. Some girl just like came up to you. I don't know if you're at a bar or something, but you posted on your Instagram. She just came up and she's like, she said, uh, she said, uh, you know, you're not, you're what did she say? Uh, you're not like uh, most black people or something like that. Right. That's what she said. And right. And you po- you quoted it. It was like. Uh, yeah, you're you're not like you're different than most. And then black she people. said she didn't know. Yeah, anybody. she said you're not like most black black people. And then she said she didn't know any other black people. Right. It was just so weird. Yeah, like, no, that was a. You know, I I would imagine that this happened after like two a.m. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, what I take from that is sort of you know, I used to go out a lot. And I think that when you're at the bar after a certain hour, then people start to say some real honest stuff. And I think that I always treasure those moments because it's, we're not playing games with each other and you're saying like real stuff to me. I'm saying real stuff to you. Um, And what I took from that was, I mean, her admission that the, the thing I took from it was she wrapped that whole thing up very nicely for herself. Cause it's kind of like what she said is, she made a statement and then she basically said, I have no idea what I'm talking about because I don't know any other black people. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there, there was really nothing left for me to say then it's kind of like, it like goes back to like, we were just saying like people, the people like you're saying, like people wouldn't reach out to you to shoot NASCAR because of like, right. Whatever stereotypes you see in the media. And it's just like goofy, but it's like, people are people. Right. And it's like, you're into like, you're into Star Trek and like, you're into all types of different stuff. And it's just like, but I think that we're coming from a time where I think that it's a lot better now with like social media, like, you know, everybody is sort of involved in this huge conversation where we can see that there are different, you know, you know, black people, white people, like we're diverse in our own sort of, everybody is just a different person. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, that will open some doors where it's like, hey, like, let's see what this person's um, view on this is. Or maybe this person is really, Hell yeah. you know, and really interested in this or that, you know. So hopefully we're getting to it. And I do think that it's getting better. Yeah. I do think it's getting better. Um, yeah, it's more of a conversation now. Like, yeah. Because like, even me, like, we before we were talking about this, we were both kind of hesitant to talk about it, even, like, a little bit. Because, like, sure. you say one thing, people will take it out of context. And it's, like, for me, like, I think the same thing with you. Photography, the best thing about it, and the reason I love it, is that you constantly come in contact with so many different people, and like, in your job. And that's what makes life interesting. Like, if you're just hanging around the same circle, the sure. same type of people, that that's just boring. And I think, I don't know if you'd agree but I think I didn't realize until I was older, but at least with skateboarding for me, 
like growing up skateboarding it's like the most diverse culture like, at least for in boston where i was it was like i had friends who are white friends who are black friends who are asian um some kid from france like <laughs> gay, gay, gay skateboarders <laughs> and it was just like it was just normal it was just like i didn't even think about like who they like what their race was and was i just, think it's even getting i mean it's just it's light years ahead of that now yeah you know like where it's where it's like the kids are sort of like looking at us like y'all are ridiculous yeah. like you know like why are you yeah know? why are you even talking about this like, yeah. it's people, like man. weird yeah. yeah so like that gives me hope you know i think you know things are getting better yeah things are getting better you know put it right. like that you know cool yeah well that's good uh glad we talked about it of course we've been yeah talking no, about absolutely. for a few months off mike um and i guess uh going in 2019 man uh What's the goal? Like anything, uh, anything you're striving for, anything you're hoping to work on? I guess you kind of talked about it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, 2019, hopefully more politics. Um, there are a couple of really interesting projects that uh, in January that, in February that I'm hoping to get done. I wish that I could not be as sort of mysterious about them, but yeah. I don't know where those NDAs are. But um, yeah, politics and also sort of maintaining sanity because I do think that's going to get super intense, especially around the election. And I hope that, um, yeah, it's just kind of ramp it doesn't up. damage the, the country too much, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Well, Kareem, Always a pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on a third time. I always love doing it. Yeah, the coolest thing about this podcast, man, is like, like I've talked to like a lot of people, but like I, I don't keep in touch with everyone. Just it's not possible. But it's been really cool to kind of like become friends with you and Chad, man, because it's just uh, that's the coolest thing. This podcast kind of getting become friends with you guys, a couple other people, and just having someone to talk to for photography about. So I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. I mean, we love listening to it. It's like, you know photographers i'm a photographer i love hearing about photography and talking to photographers you know and so it's like your podcast yeah. is a conduit to that like just hearing what these guys that you know a lot of them are the guys that like you know it's like a hero worship thing and i'm like hearing them talk about their process and stuff so yeah. your podcast is a really um you know valuable attribute thanks to, man uh, to all of us i think and for people listening if they want to check out some of your uh work where's the best place to go uh everything is kareem black it's kareemblack.com instagram's kareem black one word yep everything's kareem black yeah. all right i'll link it and people will check it out and thanks so much thank you man appreciate it so there you have it that was the kareem black applebee's uh podcast hope you guys enjoyed it um, it's always a pleasure talking to Kareem. Um, he's kind of brings a wealth of knowledge and experience within photography. Um, been a big fan of his work for years, so always a pleasure getting a chance to talk to him. Um, so definitely go check out Kareem's website at kareemblack.com, as well as his Instagram at kareemblack. He's always posting up different uh, photos he's working on and projects and whatnot, so definitely go give him a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every monday on itunes spotify as well as my website alexgagnephoto.com and on my instagram at alexgagnephoto thanks so much for listening and have a happy new year